The 5-0 San Francisco 49ers getting ready for the Cleveland Browns. It's another matchup of top defenses. Can that D stop the San Francisco 49ers? And what about the numerous MVP candidates right now in San Francisco? All that more coming up, Winky Wednesday style, right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you as always at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And as we do on Wednesdays, Mr. Nicholas Winkler joining us on this Winky Wednesday episode. Appreciate to everydayers out there who know how it goes weekly here on Lockdown and every day here on Lockdown 49ers. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Wink, welcome back to the program. Uh, Mr. Nicholas Winkler, my former radio colleague, joins us weekly on Locked On 49ers. And you do something every week called the Wink Wish Watch. And uh, we have a little fun. You know, we give a little a hat tip to the special teams and Mitch Wishnowski's work with the 49ers every single Wednesday. We usually do it at the end of the show. But I want to start with it. I want to lead with Wink's Wish Watch, Nick, because um, the 49ers, we've talked on this podcast. I've had episodes that were titled Christian McCaffrey for MVP. We had episodes that are entitled Brock Purdy for MVP. There's talk about, man, Fred Warner's playing at a level. Is he the MVP of the San Francisco 49ers right now? What about Wishnowski for MVP, Wink? What about Money Moody for MVP? You can't you can't spell MVP without the M in Money and Moody, right? Uh, he's been just about perfect. So let's start with some special teams love today. What's Wink's wish watch looking like in week after week five? I mean, he's done it again, right? It's it's what he does. He pins the ball inside the 20 he had four punts two of them got in there one to the five one to the one ronnie bell making another great play pinning you know dallas deep i mean that was late in the game but still he also had a 59 yarder that went to the 15 it was returned a little bit and he kicked a 48 yarder that was fair caught at the 21 so if you want to talk about getting the ball near the 20 or inside the 20 that's what wishnowski does that's his thing he's the best they even mentioned it on the broadcast i don't know if you heard it one of the times when it went to the five or something they're like yeah he's the best at the game in the game at pinning it inside the 20 i'm like yeah he is that's my guy that's wishnowski that's what he does man as for moody yeah go ahead oh, yeah. Let's, let's, stay on, let's stay on wish you got you got a little wish take no no i was actually going to go to moody so l- l- i want to hear your take on on moody and then i want to ask croc a question about moody well like you said he's been near perfect right i mean the kicks have been great those two kickoffs out of bounds i'm going to keep harping on him because those could come back to bite you there was another one in this dallas game where it showed right behind him right and he kicked it towards that corner and i'm like oh no Oh, no, is this number three? Is this one going out of bounds? And luckily, it went right through the end zone. And it was like, oh, he was two yards away from giving him the ball at the 40 again. So, like, I will nitpick. I'm not just going to sit here and fluff these guys up all the time, all right? Well, Wink, how about this? Do you know why Nick Moody – or do you, know, do you know why Money Moody is making his field goals and extra points, but yeah, a little wayward on a I kickoff? Do. Yeah. Mitch Wisnowski's not holding yeah. it for him. 
Wishes, wishes out there. MVP no, Wishnowski. They showed uh, a no, game. I don't. I think it was uh, last night, the, the Monday night game, where they they showed. Oh, there's a new holder, and he didn't have the laces out, and and you know Carlson missed. Uh, yeah, he missed the kick, and so you never see Wishnowski. Yeah, you know, he he watched Ace Ventura growing up. He knows laces out. That's important. <laughs> laces out died in. I'll never forget it as long as I live. A little football. Uh, Cruck. Seeing how good the 49ers have been on special teams and maybe unorthodox way that they've built some of their roster and spending the highest kick in the, in the draft on a fourth-round punter and the highest pick in the draft on a third-round kicker last year. And they're both making good on it, playing well. Do we need to rethink the way we build rosters? Should we spend more draft picks on kickers? How good does Moody have to be? And... Can we can we say it was a successful third round pick now for the San Francisco 49ers? Uh I I think we can say as of right now, it's not a bad pick. As far as what would make it successful, I think he would just have to be better than all the other rookie kickers. Because even then, right, he was drafted high. We would still have to see what's the difference between Moody and an undrafted guy. Like as far as the value and production that you're getting. So is there a rookie, another rookie kicker that was undrafted that we can compare them to as far as how that guy is kicking? We got to check in on those rookie kickers. Um, there's there's a guy who was undrafted who didn't even kick in college that made a team. Oh, in, Patriots. Uh, the Pats kicker, yeah. Uh, he was um, a soccer player in college, right? And then yeah. and never Went kicked. Went to a tryout or something yeah. and won the job. And he's been pretty nails. There's a uh, uh, Ryland is another one. I think he's done. I think I'll, I think the it's like year of the rookie kicker right now. In fact, I think a lot of them are doing pretty well. So the, uh, the Cowboys, yeah. I think they have a guy as well that like just kicked his first kick in the NFL like a couple weeks ago. The, the Cowboys is an interesting one because they had a disaster kicking situation in the playoffs last year. And you thought, well, of any team, this is the team that's going to spend on it. And they're like, no, we're good. We're not going to sign Robbie Gold. We're not going to sign Mason Crosby. We're we're just going to roll with a, with some other dude off the street and see how it goes. So a very different, uh, very different ways uh, to, to, to build those special teams units around the NFL. That's for sure. And um, as it pertains to the San Francisco 49ers though, I mean, everything's just clicking right now. Like, do you guys buy the idea that maybe even Fred Warner, like Nick Bosa, like the 49ers, if, the, if, if you say, okay, Brock Purdy, He's not the MVP in the NFL. The 49ers still have numerous MVP candidates, so they're all going to steal votes from each other. So, so Good Morning Football, they did some a really fun exercise. All right. They did 49er player power rankings. And <laughs> it was you got four different people here with their with their list. And all four of their lists are drastically different. Mm. Uh, shoot, one of them doesn't even have Nick Bosa on it. But they were ranking the 49ers players. I don't know if it's with importance or just who's the best. And every list, I mean, the order is is different. And I think if you polled most 49er fans, uh, if you polled most 49er media folks or content creators, you probably get a wide variety yeah. of uh, different five as well. I think you're right. I think that's something fun. Maybe we should do that. I, at least do like a top three who we think the most important are. We could probably do it right now, real quick. I think so too. Who's who's everybody's one? McCaffrey. Well, uh, you're muted, Croc. Uh, we have I, I said McCaffrey. We're we're, we're talking MVP. 
if we're if we're voting yeah. for the most valuable player on the 49ers currently yeah christian mccaffrey this one is, oh, oh yeah okay oh it's this was too easy it's brock purdy yeah. it's not even close oh here we go yeah yeah, yeah I, I was gonna go brock purdy at two at two okay. yep Okay, I'm going. And I was going to go Wisnowski at three, but that's just me. <laughs> I'm going Nick Bosa at two. So I'm going Fred Warner. Yeah, Ooh. the guy who had Nick Bosa not on his list probably is just looking at the stat sheet and is like, "Oh, it only has one sack." Blah blah. He doesn't see what he's doing out there I every think single Bosa's play. Actually, leading the NFL or leading in hurries, right? Well, no, uh, in PFF grade as well. Oh, for, I believe that. Maybe defensive players, maybe edge players. I can't remember what it is. I haven't, I haven't checked out the the PFF stuff this week. Um, but I saw somewhere like he's I know he has a really good grade, even though he doesn't have a huge number of sacks this year. Super impactful player. And if I'm picking like, OK, the, the way I'm looking at it is I'm picking players who I would least not want to play with the rest of the year. Like you're plucking them off the roster. Sure. Right. Purdy one, Nick Bosa two. And it's not even close. So I'll kind of read off uh, uh, some of these lists. All right. So All right. Purdy is fifth on three out of them. Three out of the four list that they have. Maybe I could just kind of share my screen. That's too low. So you guys can see that's, what I'm looking at. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Purdy's Here been go. so good. Oh, He's been Purdy, incredible. The the disrespect for Brock Purdy. I, I get yeah. like, you know, wanting to see more. You shit. But I well, Kyle Brandt played fullback on. in college. He uh, played fullback right, in college, right. so he might be a little biased with the college. Oh, it's, counting him, it's counting him down, too. It's not one through, it's five yeah. through one, not one through five. Okay. No, but no, still, but still. He's only on the field 40% of the time. You probably think of 10 guys that I'd take before yeah. a use check. A little, little hot oh, take. Oh, man. But that's how he rolls. Yeah. Go um, yeah. Trent Williams. Yeah, that's easy. Kyle Shanahan. I don't think that counts. Uh, I think this is top five players, right? Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I mean, uh, he has to be on the list if he if he counts, right? Yeah, he would be. Sure. He would be up there. Warner's an easy one. I mean, that use check's my only real, like, and then you guys made it make sense. Interesting list. Yeah. And, and I think for most fans, it would be the same, but I think the, the point of it all right guys is that they have so many good players that it's not yep. obvious uh, to me. It's pretty obvious. It's, it's Purdy and Bosa. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even dare consider anybody else among the top two, uh, except for those two I, guys. I'm surprised there's no Dre Greenlaw in that top five anywhere. Cause if you watch the football games of the 49ers, he kind of sets the tone, right? He's that angry, like sledgehammer that's out there. I thought he was going to get a flag on that first tackle out of oh. bounds. I was like, Oh, Dre, come on. Don't start the game like sure. that. But he's active. Yeah. Like he didn't know anything. He watched the game. Like who's this 57 dude. He's kind of yeah. wild. He's, he's everywhere. And he absolutely is. So the 49ers, I mean, they come in waves. They've got so much talent everywhere. And how do you play I, that? I, I've gotten the question. Better tandem, Bowman Willis or mm. Warner and Greenlaw? And I will say this, Warner and Greenlaw have a chance to do something that uh, Bowman and Willis never did, both be first-team All-Pro. Ooh. I think Greenlaw can legitimately be first-team yeah. All-Pro this year. Uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be tough for, for both the linebackers to get it because Greenlaw just doesn't get the pub. Um, and Greenlight doesn't get the pub that the other two guys got either. And it's almost blasphemy to talk about those other linebackers and Willis and Bowman and that someone could be on par with that. But man, they're, if they're not there, they're catching up quick. Like the, this is, you I, guys, they're everywhere. Do we hold it against them? Is this the, the Brock Purdy effect, right? You, you missed their relevant. So, you know, like, oh, like he has to do so much more to be 
like, you know, MVP or he has to do so much more to get in people's good graces as opposed to somebody else taking the higher. Is it because Dre Greenlaw, a lot of people are still kind of like, okay, who? But he was voted one of the top 100 players. The 49ers heading into the year had the number one linebacker tandem. So clearly people are aware that, hey, there's this guy number 57 over there. He plays his butt off. All right. But are they kind of holding it against him that he just isn't the biggest of name? Or because if you just watch the games, like you said, like, and are we holding it against him? Because the name isn't as big as Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. Because these are both great linebackers. They are great linebackers. The way they play, they're able to cover, they play in space, they make plays, they're nasty, they're mean. Like, they're, these two guys are, are as good as we've seen, I feel like, with the 49ers as a tandem. Uh, I got an answer for that one, Croc, next. Uh, I want to get into why that is, and I think it's tied in. I think you nailed it when you talk about these guys and you talk about Brock Purdy and when guys get credit when they don't. Next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for daily drafts or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed fits for your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. And maybe while you're waiting for the waivers to go through and you're trying to pick up a uh, De Mercado from the Arizona Cardinals or whoever you might be to, to, to try to, to fix up your roster. If you've got that waiver spot, uh, you might be filling out DFS rosters in the meantime. How about this guy? You know the name. It's Matthew Stafford, who's been passing a ton all season long. I mean, he's good for with their defense. He's dropping back, chucking it 40 plus times every single week. Getting Cooper Cup back now. Puka Nakua has arrived. Tutu Atwell, a speedy option. Pretty dang good top three all of a sudden now for Matthew Stafford and the the Los Angeles Rams, who are going to have to chuck the ball a lot this season. And Stafford shouldn't disappoint from a fantasy perspective against the Arizona Cardinals in week six. Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football trying to help you win your fantasy championships. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your car or truck, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly at all times. Brake lights, uh, brake kits, LED headlights, uh, roof racks, bumpers, whatever it is you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Croc, I think there's an element of immediate gratification when it comes to just the world we live in now. Uh, we talked a little bit off of the air about how everything's so black and white and no one wants to live in the, in the gray area where everything actually is, is happening. Uh, the nuance that goes along with, with conversations maybe in sports. Everyone's like, oh my God, I can't believe you didn't say that this thing is the number one best thing ever. And it's like, well, we can have a conversation. There's nuance. There's ways to talk about it. But another part of it goes along with crowning people. And this is where you and I were sort of cautiously optimistic about Brock Purdy coming into the year. And it was like, it it looked awesome. But man, we've seen, this is a seventh round pick. We've seen half a dozen games, eight games from him. And it was great stuff coming off an elbow injury. Like, let's calm down a little bit and and see where he's at, right? Uh, 
and he's good and he's better. And we're like, oh my God, this guy's so good. He still hasn't played a full season of football yet, you know? And it's like, he looks awesome. But we could chill with Joe Montana conversations who's got <laughs> four rings, you know what I mean? Like, we can, we can wait a little while, guys, and we can let it play out. And that's kind of what the what this conversation would be like for me with Willis Bowman and Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, because it's like, those are greats. Those are all time greats. And you don't just sit here and say, yep, got a better tandem now than those guys who are all timers. Right. But they might get there. Let's see their career first. Right. Let's, how about that? Let's wait. And then at the end of their career, we'll be like, Oh, they are better. Um, and maybe we haven't even seen their peak. Maybe by the end of this year, maybe by the end of next year, we're like, oh my gosh, these guys' peak is better than Willis Bowman already. And I don't think I'm ready to say that, but we can wait a little while before we start making those types of comparisons and just crowning everybody all the time. Is like some um, There's some uh, all-in immediate gratification that we do right now as a society that's really not fun because there's so much more nuance involved. How about we just enjoy the guys and watch them and break them down a little bit and stand like, up. Oh, Best, best ever done. And if you're not immediately all in, or even if you have words where you try to phrase it in a sense of like, okay, let's see, you you end up on the other side of the wall with this whole thing. You know, I was just on social media either this morning or last night, and I saw this guy. uh, He tweeted out this this thing, basically telling everybody to apologize for any of their takes on Brock Purdy. You know, and it's just like those type of things where you can't you can't be cautiously optimistic. If you're not all in and you have anything that you want to push back on, like, well, you know, does it have the biggest arm? Like, will it bite him in the butt in, in the end? And now we've seen like, well, no, it doesn't bite him in the butt. He plays so great with anticipation. But if we didn't say that from day one or day two, like, how do you not watch this Dolphins game and think this guy's the real deal? It's like, well, it was great. It was awesome. Can't do it again. Can't do it again. And can't do it for a full season. And it's almost like like right now, like you said, the, the instant gratification to where you have to crown the guy. Now, I say all that to say I, I'm kind of crowning Brock Purdy not to be the next Joe Montana, <laughs> but as someone that even though it's still a small sample size, it's like, well, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's still a relatively small sample size to the rest of the league and other quarterbacks, but it's probably the most amazing small sample size that we've ever seen. So, I mean, he has not lost a game yet that he started. And a big part of it is because of just how well he plays. It's not even like when, like I watched the Raiders and Packers game last night. And it felt like Jimmy Garoppolo was kind of trying to throw the game away. You know, classic Jimmy G. And the Raiders won, right? And it was just like, okay, you're still winning. That goes in W column for Jimmy Garoppolo. The Brock's games haven't been that way. It's just Mm -hmm. been... I'm just going to be on. I'm dialed in. I'm completing all my passes down there and a big throw here and down the field here and uh, accurate throw here and no turnovers. At all. I mean, it's just, it's been, it's been a great, like the greatest small simple size I've ever seen. You're right. And it's, it's that thing where as a fan, you see it, you see it with your eyes, the confidence, the swag, the precision. He, he has it. He's got that pocket poise. Like he, he understands what the defense is going to do before the ball's even snapped. And so he's so confident with his first read and his second read and his third read that you feel good when he takes those shots down the field. You mentioned Jimmy G. There were a lot of times over the past four or five years where Jimmy G throws a ball over the middle and you hold your breath. You're like, okay, all right. He got it over that middle linebacker. Whereas you see Purdy and, middle linebacker hands going up and that ball's 
right over the top of it. It's exactly where it needs to be. And Brock Purdy looks good. He looks legit. It's, uh, it is a little early to crown him. I agree with that. But that being said, as someone who watches football, how can you sit there and be like, oh, this guy's still overrated. I don't, I don't buy it yet. It's like, what are you watching? Well, how right. much of that is really going around, though? Like, how much? Yeah, because I, I feel like there's, like, this fan base on fan base attack going on right now. And maybe I miss it because I'm not just all day filtering through 49er fans' tweets. But I don't see anybody pushing back on Brock Purdy and what he is or, or trying to diminish kind of what his role is. And I think everybody understands, man, yeah, it's a terrific, talented roster. Yeah. And maybe you could plug into somebody else and they'd have – a certain level of success, but what he's done has been terrific. And now, again, you, you could question it in the offseason. You can have thoughts of what would it look like. You can have thoughts of should Trey Lance be able to, at the very least, compete. That, that was my thing. But ultimately, he's going above and beyond even what I expected to see from the start of the season. So uh, I think that part is clear. Now, again, if you you know, you don't want to call him next Joe Montana just yet. Like that, that's understandable, but you know, he's definitely heading in the right direction. Yeah. That's what I mean. There's like, there's a lot of space between he's the next Joe Montana and he's trash and right. that anybody could play in this offense. You know, there's a, there's a big gap in there that like, that's what I'm talking about. It's like, let's enjoy the ride because for me, uh, he's kind of just climbing every time. You know, remember the beginning uh, after the first week or two of the season, we're like, even last year, remember, I said, I, I'm pretty confident with what I've seen from him that he's going to be like in the Cousins tier of quarterback. Like, I, I think he's that's how good he's playing right now. And then we got into this year, and it's like, okay, I, I'm taking him over Kirk Cousins right now. How high is he going to climb? Because he's playing better than a lot of guys that are even ahead of him on the list, you know? And then another part of it is like, and I this this happens with uh, happened with Josh Allen. Josh Allen was legitimately bad for two years in the NFL. And so then there's Bills fans that went back and were trying to find receipts. And was like, okay, now you got to apologize for what you said about Josh Allen. It's like, no, no. They were, people who trashed Josh Allen were right then because right. he was bad. And then guess what? He got good. And when you say he's good now, you're right. So that's what's going to happen now. <laughs> there's going to be some game where Brock yep. Purdy throws a couple interceptions. And guess who's going to come out of the woodworks? I told you he's overrated. And yeah, the shoe fell. There, just like Jimmy Drop Logan, throw interceptions, and it's it's going to be it's a vicious cycle. Enjoy the ride. Enjoy the ride because uh, it's fun. And and Purdy's climbing the list, man. But uh, let's let him let's let him get to the mountaintop before we uh, before we crown him. That's the way I look at it. Agreed. Next, guys, Wink's predictions are coming true, which has been a great thing at five and zero. Oh. Could be a bad thing for the next three weeks, though, uh, against the Browns' top defense in the league next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers brought to you by Jace Medical and the Jace Case. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. If there is an emergency, uh, depending on what your needs are as, uh, as a person, as a family, maybe you are traveling and you're stuck somewhere all of a sudden, unexpectedly, you have no cell service, and you need medical attention. Well, that's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just shopping or not just uh, hoping for uh, that you have the access to medical uh, medication in an emergency. Uh, you can shop for it in advance at Jace Medical and get it ready for you and your family. Jace Medical, make sure you have all the medication in hand. Uh, Jace Medical is simple. 
They handle everything from online evaluation for whatever your personal needs are to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using our code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. Again, that is $20 off promo code locked on on checkout at jacemedical.com. That's Jace, J-A-S-E medical.com. So going back to our preseason predictions, um, my preseason predictions, guys, are just long gone out the window. I had the, I was having a little fun with it, but I had the, uh, the revenge the revenge factors at the end of the season. I had the 49ers NFC championship game losing to the Cowboys Niners knockout Dak Prescott Trey Lance gets revenge beats the 49ers goes to the Super Bowl Aaron Rodgers Jets beat the Cowboys in the Super Bowl uh, and Aaron Rodgers defeats uh, his old coach and Mike McCarthy you know it was like all these angles Aaron Rodgers lasted four snaps this year. So my predictions are long gone out the window. And, you know, the Cowboys defense didn't look quite as good playing against the 49ers as as they did the first four weeks of the season. Wink, you had Mm -hmm. the 49ers winning the Super Bowl. You had the 49ers Mm -hmm. win a lot of games. You had the 49ers going 5-0 and and picking up their first loss in Cleveland. And the start of a losing streak. Yeah. You feel like the 49ers can go on a losing streak right now? No. I mean, this was before I saw this offense, this defense, and the, these special teams, right? This team looks – I mean, you hate to say it because you don't want to jinx anything. You don't want to put it out there. But this team looks unbeatable, right? They just – they're clicking on all cylinders. They look amazing. Kyle Shanahan's calling great games. Wilkes is even calling pretty decent games there on defense as well. We saw it. Right, I had him getting the loss this week because you know coming off the emotional high of beating Dallas on Sunday night in front of everybody, then you got to go to Cleveland and play a 10 a.m. game. But now that I've watched his football team play five weeks, I, I don't buy that anymore. Like I want to say, oh yeah, my preseason predictions are going to be right, and I'm going to nail everything right this season. But I think I'm going to get this run wrong, guys. I, I think the 49ers have a very good chance of going into Cleveland and beating up on a Brown squad this weekend. I don't think anyone will be upset if you're wrong about that. I I do have a question for you because someone asked me, and usually I have this uh, great way of kind of twisting things to create a, an interesting narrative. Like, you know, if this happens or, you know, whatever, but I was kind of stumped. Someone asked me, Croc, how's the team going to beat the 49ers? And Mm. I legit don't know. So wink, I ask you, how do the 49ers lose when they, when they finally do lose is it as simple as say, oh, they just lost a turnover battle? Or yeah. is, is, are there certain weaknesses in the team right now that you see could potentially be an issue, but it just hasn't been an issue yet? I think you nailed it. I think it's the turnover thing, right? I mean, you saw the Christian McCaffrey fumble. And, and when fumbles don't go your way, you immediately are like, oh, oh, and you get a little bit tight, right? So if you come out and you get a tip ball or you know something like that and it gets turned over and it's returned for a pick six early in the game, do they start pressing, right? Or is this team, have they been there enough? A lot of these guys are veterans that have been to an NFC Championship game. A lot of these guys, some of these guys have been to a Super Bowl. So you you hope that their confidence can overcome something like that. But that, to me, is kind of the only way you can beat this team is by forcing turnovers and then scoring, 
which is easily said and not so easily done as the 49ers defense and offense have both proven this year. We know it's not going to happen on special teams, okay? Moody and Wisnowski are fine. It's, that's not going to be the reason they lose any football games this year. I, I really think you nailed it. I think it's the turnovers. I mean, Brock 30, right? You, if, you're, if the 49ers put up 30 points a game on offense, who's going to score luck. 30 on the 49ers defense, right? This is yeah. a, it, it gets very difficult. So for me... The big thing that 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 the 49ers have done a great job we haven't seen yet is nobody's made them one dimensional. Nobody's gotten a lead on them. They've mm-hmm. I think I think it's like a minute and forty five seconds they've trailed this season, right? So someone scored first before they came back down and scored, and that's it. That that's the only time they've not been in the lead. So does some team finally have? Uh, you know, it could be a turnover. The ball is oblong, as we know, it bounces funny. Uh, a missed kick here, a a fumble return for a touchdown here. The 49ers are down in the second half. A team can make them one-dimensional, get after Purdy, and not have the threat of the run. Is that something that could finally get the 49ers? Everything, the scripts have just been perfect for the 49ers, the game scripts, every single week. I think even if they are trailing, I don't think they get away from the run when you got a guy like Christian McCaffrey. You put the ball in that guy's hand. I can't see the 49ers becoming one-dimensional unless they're down you know, 28-0 or something. Then, then it's possible, but I can't. It's hard to sit here and envision that with what we've seen from this football team over the first five weeks of the season. Yeah, and as far as just weaknesses in the team, I mean that this is as bulletproof of a team as I can. Like, I remember when the Forty Nine ers ripped off what was it eight or nine straight wins to start the twenty nineteen season? This mm-hmm. team is better, top to bottom. Yeah, agreed. And and the strengths are still strengths. Well, you you watch that team, and, and clearly the defense was far ahead of the offense. In that, like the offense was kind of like, yep. all right, like we'll help. Sometimes we'll get a little hot, but you know, like okay, we could blow out the Bengals, but some of these other games were just tighter, and you could see like okay, the defense has to kind of come to the rescue. Right now, they play off of each other so well, and even when the defense has had a lapse here and there, the offense still clicking, cooking again. When you don't turn the ball over, and you're as efficient as Brock Purdy has been, and then you have Kyle Shanahan as well dialing things up, and this guy sees it the way that his coach does, I guess this is what you get. 42 points dropped on the number two defense in the NFL. And the defense, Ooh. it fires them up because, you know, I always post this. Um, a lot of times when a quarterback throws an interception, I'll post this clip of R. Kelly crying, right? Like he was doing the little interview and he's like, oh my God, right? So like when quarterbacks do that uh, <laughs> and the defense have to run back on the field, I said, this is the defense, like crying about having to get right back on the field again. But that ain't been the case with the 49ers. You know, they've been playing mm-hmm. such clean football. So uh, if we're comparing this team to 2019, this team is far better. Like, yeah. they're, they're the guys that even made that team start to get over the top are veterans now. Like, they were young. Fred Warner was young. What was that year two for him? Whatever. Like, Fred yeah. Warner, young. Nick Bosa, rookie. Debo Samuel, rookie. Like there were a lot of guys that started to be kind of impact players that were just kind of trying to find their groove. Now, I mean, they are a well-oiled machine and then yeah. you got even better quarterback play. So uh, it's, it's tough, you, especially if you compare the rosters, I would give, I would give the 2019 defense a slight edge. Uh, I thought D Ford when he was on the field, I thought he made a big difference. It was that, the pass rusher. That that defense's fourth defensive lineman was better, and the other three were still good. And rookie Bosa came in fully formed anyway, and he's better now. Right. But 
Um, he's not that much better. Before he's Buckner, I forget about and Buckner. Then you, have, like. then you have Buckner and Armstead, right? And the 10 sack oh, yeah. from Armstead. So I would say defensive line wise, as good as the 49ers are now, I think they were better then because that healthy Ford, um, that extra juice he brought, 49ers haven't quite found that yet this year. You know, something we haven't talked about a lot, which to me was kind of the, the biggest concern heading into the football season was that offensive line, who I think is playing extremely well for what they've kind of had to patch together going into the year, right? I mean, I know the numbers aren't great on the right side, but th- where are the sacks, right? They're not giving up the huge sacks. The 49ers are still running the ball extremely well. Like, it, the, I'm that to me is the biggest surprise of the season because pretty doesn't surprise me. We saw that, right? McCaffrey's not going to surprise me. Ayuk's not going to surprise me. Drake Greenlaw's not going to surprise me. So to me, it's it's what that offensive line's been able to do to protect Brock Purdy and to open up holes for Christian McCaffrey. It's been fun to watch. Hey, you guys know there's been kind of this talk, I think, like Dan Vlowski and, and uh, Rex Ryan talked about how Mac Jones was in the 49ers offense. He'd do just as good as Brock Purdy has. And Aaron Rodgers chimed in. And he said, uh, I don't know how anyone that's watched the film can come to that conclusion. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, he's, 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 he's being dirty. Well, there's what, yeah, because you were asking who's saying that, Croc. That was Orlovsky's thing. That's that was the big one this week. I mean, I, that's mm-hmm. egregious to me to say that Mac Jones would roll in and be, it'd look just like Purdy. Leadership. I think you, you, you could say that. Hell no. <laughs> you, you could say that, man, Mac Jones would look better in 49ers sure. offense than he does in New England. But you can't say he would do the same things as Purdy, which, again, prior to the season, maybe I would have said that too. But when you see at the level he is functioning mm. in this offense, there's no way – I feel like I feel like there's no way you could say that anybody would come in and, and play better than he has for this offense. That's not to say that I wouldn't take Justin Herbert. That's not to say I wouldn't want Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and whatever. But from what we know of this guy in this offense and what it has looked like, it is functioning at the highest level. So I don't know how you could say anybody would come in and be as good as him. You could say they come in and they do well. You could say they come in and they they do better than their current circumstances because of players and coach, et cetera. But you can't say that they would be as good as Purdy because he's playing exceptionally well. Wink, on the way out, Browns coming off a bye here in week six. Do the 49ers stay perfect? This is uh, another matchup of the top two defenses in the league right now. The 49ers are allowing 13.6 points per game. The Browns are allowing 15 points per game. Deshaun Watson with a rotator cuff. Looks like he's questionable coming off of a bye uh, he didn't play in week four. What do you got? Uh, the 49ers doubled the uh, the points given up for the Dallas Cowboys in week five. Did they do it again to the Browns? As much as I love being right, I'm going to be wrong this weekend, and I'm okay with that. I, I see this 49er offense just clicking as they've been doing, and the defense is going to remind Deshaun Watson, you know, hey, hey, this, this is what a real defense looks like. You've been going up against a good one in practice. That's fine, but, but watch out for these guys. Uh, later in the week, I want to talk about a note that that George Kittle brought up, uh, and this little teaser for tomorrow's show, or, or maybe the uh, the week ending Friday show, because we do have a, a Thursday crossover coming up. But George Kittle talked about how this training camp was different and what made it easier for them to get on a roll offensively to start the season. I thought it was fascinating. So we'll get 
uh, into that on a future episode of Locked On 49ers. Wink, thank you as always for jumping on here every single Wednesday. Appreciate all of the everydayers out there. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Croc and I back tomorrow right here. Locked On 49ers.